This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. We are here for the next hour to take your calls at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. But as we always do, Lior, the week that was, and you were telling me off air, it's been a busy one. It has been a busy one, and I appreciate the opportunity to speak with a lot of people about their workplace rights, answer questions about anything to do with your job, what's happened to you if you have rights and entitlements and you're not sure what they are, maybe you're facing an uncomfortable or bad situation in the workplace. Uh, I'm the guy to talk to. That's that's what I do for a living, and and I'm, it's been my pleasure and my my privilege uh, over the past few weeks to speak with a lot of people from uh, uh, Vancouver and, and and the general surrounding area about their workplace rights. And uh, to don't hesitate, call us on the show now. We're here till six o'clock. Call me in the office during the week. Always, always a good idea to answer those questions. But let's start off with a couple of situations, Manny, uh, that I dealt with over the past uh, few days. Uh, first situation uh, involved uh, a lady that called me. Uh, she was uh, 60 years old, and she had uh, been on a disability and a medical leave of absence from work as a result of some mental health issues because of some very serious matters in her personal life. She was off because of some uh, anxiety and depression, you know, really debilitating stuff for her. And uh, she was off and she was receiving uh, disability benefits from uh, an insurance company pursuant through a, a workplace plan that she had. Well, after about a year uh, or just over a year on disability, the insurance company decided that despite the fact that she wasn't better, to cut her off. And the long-term disability insurance said, that's it, we're cutting you off, we don't think that's right. While she's trying to figure out how to deal with that, she gets a letter from her employer saying, we understand that your insurance company says you should be cut off. In other words, you're fit to return to work, so you have to come back to work. And by the way, if you don't come back to work, we'll consider you to have resigned. Uh, and and she's, she had panicked. She had called the employer saying, but wait a second, I'm not better. I, I'm not ready to return to work. I'm still receiving medical care. Uh, the answer was no, we don't care. Uh, and that's when she called me. And, uh, you know, this was a very difficult situation. Think about it. If, if you're now sick and the, the, your source of income, which is the insurance money, is cut off and your employer is now saying you're going to be cut off as well, you're gonna, uh, we're going to let you go or consider you to have resigned, it's a very, very difficult situation. Well, here's how this works and here's how the, what the law has to say about that. First of all, as relates to the insurance company, let's face it, oftentimes, uh, many insurance companies are in the business of, of trying to get people off their payroll. That's just the way it is. And in many cases, when it comes to disability, the insurance company will cut off the person or try to cut them off before they should, hoping that the person's just going to kind of go away, not do anything about it. In this case, I told her, if your doctor is telling you that you cannot work, the insurance company cannot cut you off. That's number one. Number two, as relates to your employer. Your employer can't rely and can't have anything to do with what your insurance company has to say. 
If your doctor, again, is saying you can't work, that's it. That's the beginning and the end as relates to your employer. Your employer can't say, well, the insurance company is saying something else. Uh, therefore, you have to come back to work. Absolutely not. Whatever the insurance company says is irrelevant to your employer. Uh, and the only thing that matters is your doctor. So I'm now going to be helping her in dealing with her insurance company to make sure that they don't cut her off and that they reinstate her and keep her on uh, on benefits until she's well. And I'm also going to deal with her employer because if her employer insists on qu- calling this, quote-unquote, a resignation, not only is that not a resignation, Manny, that's a termination, she's owed severance, but it's also potentially a human rights matter. This is discrimination. You're essentially letting someone go because they're on a medical leave, because they're disabled, that's wrong, that's illegal. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot of people in that situation where they have that, that issue from both sides, the insurance company and the employer. Uh, it can seem hopeless. It's not. If that happens to you, uh, Manny, I want people to know that they have to give me a call. Here's the number to call Lior through the week, toll-free 1-855-821-5900, or email help at employmenthour.com. But to talk with Lior live right now, 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898, or star 9898 on your cell. Boy, did you open a can of worms there, Lior. I've got a ton of questions for you. Number one, can you be on long-term disability indefinitely with a doctor's written order? Well, certainly, when we talk about long-term disability, there's two components to it. Number one is is actually being off work. So you may be off work for medical reasons, even if you don't have a long-term disability plan. Not every employer provides a plan like that for employees. So in terms of being off work because of a medical condition, yes, as long as you have a doctor saying that you can't work, then you can be off even for a lengthy period of time. Now, at some point, if the absence is very long, usually more than two years, and if it doesn't look like you're going to be able to come back to work despite uh, you know being off for a while, the employer may be able to treat the employment as at an end. We call this frustration of contract. But that only happens with very lengthy absence. Now, as relates to the insurance company, if you have an insurance plan, a long-term disability insurance plan, that's a plan that will pay you until you're uh, able to return to work. And you can stay on that plan until you, you either are, are better and able to return to work or until the age of 65, whichever happens first. Most plans uh, are only up until the age of 65. I can't tell you, Manny, how many times I see insurance companies try to cut people off, try to find a reason as to why someone shouldn't be on disability. They should be able to get them off. And in most cases, that's wrong. If a doctor says you're not able to return to work, that should be good enough for the insurance company as well. Insurance companies do not like giving out money. They only like to take the money. They don't like giving it it out. (laughs) That's why you need one of the nation's leading employment lawyers to help you wind your way through some of these messes. Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading labor and employment lawyers. You can talk to him now. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, Lior, when it comes to um, mental health issues, uh, does the employer ask the physician or can an employer ask the physician for details? Because if someone is in a very... Uh, oh, let's say a pilot, for example, where you've really got to know every button's got to be pushed the right way. Does it make a difference what the disability is? 
So that's a very important question, Manny. And and the rule is that an employer is allowed to know prognosis, but not diagnosis. So what I mean by that, an employer is entitled to know how long are you going to be off, what kind of accommodation uh, you're going to need, etc., the employer doesn't uh, is not allowed to know the reason for the absence. So whether or not you're suffering from a mental health issue or maybe you have a broken back, uh, an employer is not allowed to, to ask questions. They're not allowed to to require you to provide information about those things because that that's private and it's irrelevant. Whether in fact I have a broken back, I have cancer, or I have a mental health issue, the question is, can I work? Uh, not uh, what the condition is. And in many cases, employers try to prod and get information that they're not allowed to get, uh, and, and that's not right, and employees should not have to give that information out. Want to take some calls for you now, Lior? 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, Cam, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, just a question regarding CPP disability. Uh, is it not... The insurance companies will try to steer you towards applying for CPP disability in order to reduce their costs. And in the event that you are or are not accepted, what are the implications if you're not? Uh, very, very good question. And yes, in most cases, the the insurance company wants you to apply. In fact, in, in many of the insurance policies, it says that you would have to apply to uh, CPP disability if that's available. Uh, if if it doesn't, uh, if you, if you don't qualify for CPP disability, uh, it doesn't. It should not impact your ability to qualify for long-term disability. Uh, those are separate things. You qualify for long-term disability as long as you have a doctor, your doctor, someone that's treating you that says you are unable to work. It's absolutely fine to apply to CPP disability, uh, Canada Pension Plan disability benefits. Uh, if you get them, fine. If you don't get them, it should not impact your insurance company benefits. If they do try to use that as an excuse, you know what to do. You have to give me a call. Uh, that's great, yeah, because I know the ceiling is fairly high to qualify for CPP disability. And, it uh, is. And I'm just wondering if, you know, they would use that you were that you were, um, that you were not accepted, that that would mean that they wouldn't have to continue, and I don't think that's right. Yeah, no, it, it, they can't do that. I've seen some insurance companies try. They can't do that, and, and if that happens to you, and that's an important question for our listeners, you know what to do. Great. Thanks very much. Cam, really appreciate uh, your patience uh, with us, and uh, you were able to get through to Lior. Do appreciate it a lot. Uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Going to take a quick break. Back to more of your calls. You are listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers, back in a moment. And you are back to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Got a really fun thing coming up for you that will have Lior explain. I, I use it all the time. I... I Guess I shouldn't use it all the time, Lior. It's your severance pay calculator. <laughs> but it's really cool what you've done. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com and follow the prompts from there. And you will see, uh, with a whole lot of accuracy and at no charge, by the way, uh, how much you would be owed if you're fired. It's as simple as that. I don't think I can make it any simpler unless you can, Lior. No, it is just that. And by the way, when we created it, there was a couple of funny articles written about it, uh, you know, about how that you can, you know, use an app now when you're, when you're fired. So you're right, severancepaycalculator.com and you find out how much you're owed 
if you are losing your job, worried about it, maybe you just lost it and you were walking out of a termination meeting with that severance package, it's anonymous, it's free, it's easy to use, it takes seconds, literally. And hey, maybe you're just curious. You've always wondered. SeverancePayCalculator.com. Okay, we'll be giving out that uh, website address uh, throughout the show, but let's take some calls for Lior. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on yourself. You are listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Back in a moment. And you're back with the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Manny Bazunas along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. Bit of a glitch there. I think we've got it ironed out. Want to take some of your calls to Lior 604-280-9898 or star 9898. On your cell, Peter, welcome to the show. Hi there. Hi. I, I got a quick question here for you. Are insurance companies allowed to refuse you if they know you're going in for surgery uh, before you before they accept you as on their claim? Or, uh, yeah. are, they, or are they allowed to ask that question? On like a so, so are you talking about a disability insurance, for example? No, if you're if you're a full time employee and yep. you're filling out and you're accepted as a full time employee and you're and you're filling out your benefits paperwork and stuff for your for the company the uh, your your company that you work for for their insurance company uh, for the benefits are they and you have to go in for surgery just just prior to uh, or almost uh, at the same time as uh, you're filling it out I guess as the paperwork is is due. Uh, are they are they allowed to like refuse you? Are they allowed to refuse you for for knowing that you're that you're going to, for surgery? So having surgery, Peter. Insurance companies are in the business of minimizing risk, so they're in the business of trying to take uh, premiums from those that hopefully will not need to actually utilize the insurance. So if you're in a situation where you're about, you, maybe you're you're not you're sick or you're about to to go for a medical procedure. From them, from their perspective, alarm bells are going off now. It's like, wait a second, this is someone that very clearly will uh, need uh, to cut, to cut benefits, whether it's, it's prescriptions or disability benefits or whatever it is. So, so yes, they're allowed to ask those questions because whether or not they decide to insure you is going to depend on the answers to those questions. They may decide to, to say, no, you don't qualify, or they may decide to say, you qualify, but we're going to charge more because we, the insurance company, are taking more of a risk. So, yes, they, they could do that, and it is common with insurance companies uh, to have to an, answer a, a health questionnaire, uh, and if it turns out that you answered it uh, less than truthfully, they can deny coverage down the road if they find out uh, that something was not right. Oh, okay. So that is a legal question that they can ask. That they can it, ask. it is a legal question, yes. It is a legal question. Oh, okay. I see. Okay, because I've I've had an insurance company previous before, and they've asked that question, but I've never had that question asked before on paper. So I'm yeah. just wondering if they can even ask that. They, they can, and and yeah, that's the reason that they do because they decide then whether or not they wanna they wanna insure you, if you know what I mean. So yes, they can ask that question. Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks for thanks for your answer. No problem. Peter, really appreciate your call. If you need any more info, you can always reach uh, Lior through the week toll-free, 1-855-821-5900, or email help at employmenthour.com. But to reach Lior live now, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You are listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas. Back in a moment. And you're back to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. I'm Manny Bazunas along with Lior Samfiru, 
One of the nation's leading labor and employment lawyers. Love to hear from you. you got a problem with work or if you've been terminated recently and you've been handed the package and wished all the best in your future endeavors, uh, this is the best thing you can do for yourself is speak with Lior. Six, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. I want to talk a little bit about maternity leave, uh, Lior, because uh, I guess it's maternity slash paternity now, right? Yes, it is. Is, and, is, and it, one of, of, is it one and the same? Well, yeah, maternity leave uh, and, and paternity leave, well, obviously maternity leave would apply to the mother, paternity leave to the father, but in terms of the way the law treats it, it is the same. It is protected time off that an employee has uh, when, uh, when a baby is born. Uh, by protected, what I mean is that it's a time that the employer has to maintain their job, has to give them the time off work. Uh, they, their seniority continues to accrue. Uh, and obviously, from, uh, from the woman's standpoint, there's two components. There's the pregnancy leave, uh, and then there's the maternity leave. Pregnancy leave is, is an initial period of time. Maternity leave is, is the full amount of time. Uh, but both are protected under uh, both the Employment Standards Act here in B.C., as well as the Human Rights Code, which prevents any punishment, any uh, penalty at all, for taking time to spend with a newborn child. And by the way, it also applies in situations where uh, an, an employer, or sorry, an employee adopts a baby, they're entitled to that leave as well. Well, what if uh, I'm running a business and I want to make some changes uh, to that particular job description? Uh, the way I understand you telling it is that you have to be given the same job when you return from maternity or paternity leave. But am I supposed to stop running my business if I want to change one of the roles within that business uh, from which that person has taken a leave of absence because of maternity? What am I supposed to do as an employer? And and that's a very good point. And there's always going to be a balancing between the rights of the employer and the rights of of the employee. So so let's discuss this. First of all, even if we forget the, the, the whole idea of, of maternity leave for a second, an employee doesn't have the right to make significant changes to the terms of employment. That could be a constructive dismissal. So, for example, you can't decide to demote someone, reduce someone's pay. Uh, you can't decide to uh, relocate someone to uh, a different office You know, if, if it's not close by. Those are things that, irrespective of any maternity leave, uh, you can't necessarily do. Now, you're still allowed to make some changes. You could potentially change the job description. You could potentially change, you know, the, the reporting arrangements. Absolutely, you can do that. Uh, but you can also do that if someone is on, is on a maternity leave, as long as the, the, the job that they're coming back to is not a vastly different job. As long as they're not making less money or in a lesser position, then you're fine to do that. Now, you're even a- able to potentially... Uh, make or uh, let someone go. An employee can be let go if they're on maternity leave as long as the termination itself has nothing to do with the maternity leave. So the example that I give is if the employee on maternity leave works in a department and that department is being shut down and everyone in that department is being let go, including the employee on maternity leave, well, that, that becomes legal because clearly the employee is not being picked on because she's on a maternity leave. Now, full severance would have to be paid, and I want everyone to remember that just because you're on a maternity leave, if you do lose your job legitimately, doesn't mean you don't get severance. You get full severance. In fact, you may get even more severance, because if you're on a maternity leave, 
it may take you longer to find another job than someone someone else because you're not going to be able to start looking for work right away. You're going to be still tending to your baby, etc. So, yes, there is an opportunity for an employer to make changes to the, the terms of employment that is limited, and certainly it can't happen because of the fact that the employee is on a maternity leave. Well, those are a couple of uh, real clarifications. Uh, I, I know there are so many questions around maternity leave, and uh, most of them are confusing. So that's why we have uh, Lior Samfiru with us each and every week, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers, to lay straight all the facts as to what you are owed given your workplace situation, especially if you've been terminated. The majority of people, as I understand it, Lior, are offered severance packages well below what they should be getting. You quoted a figure a couple of weeks ago on the show. Nine out of ten packages are the barest of minimums. Yeah, and, and I, I, see, I speak to people. That's what I do for a living. Every day I speak with people that lost their jobs. Every day. And I've been doing this for 15 years, so I've been able to develop quite a bit of statistics, if you will, over that period of time. And in my experience, uh, and, and this is conservative, nine out of ten people, uh, when they lose their job, are offered significantly less than what they're owed. And I, I'm not talking about the fact that, well, you know, I, I'm owed eight months' pay and I was offered six. That's still not a good offer at all. But I'm talking mostly situations where someone was offered uh, three months and they should have been offered eight. Most packages are, are significantly and wholly inadequate. And, and the reason employers do that, uh, Manny, is because they may be ignorant themselves. They may not necessarily know what uh, they have to pay. But in most cases, they simply know that they can get away with it. They know and believe that the pe- people are not going to understand or appreciate what their legal rights are because it's confusing. It's so easy to get misinformation. Uh, and that's why a lot of times employers do get away with paying pennies on the dollar at, at the time when the employee needs the money the most. Because now they have to still pay their bills, pay their mortgage, pay for their child's tuition, uh, yet they're not working. So the message is clear. If you lose your job, you have to get advice. You can go to the severance calculator. You can call me. Hey, if you don't like me, that's fine. Call someone else. But make sure you get some legal advice if you lose your job. Severancepaycalculator.com. This is a real cool thing that uh, Leora set up on the web. Severancepaycalculator.com. Answer a couple of really brief questions. There's no charge for it. And you will have a very accurate... Uh, amount of money that you are owed if you are terminated. So that's a good starting point anyway, and it's a kind of a fun thing to do if you're still working and wondering if you got your walking papers uh, next week. Um, what would I be owed? Well, uh, just go to severancepaycalculator.com and you'll get your answer. Got some emails coming in for you, Lior. Want to talk to some people as well, 604 604- 280-9898 to talk with Lior live or star 9898 on your cell. You can reach Lior through the week. Help at employmenthour.com or toll free 1-855-821-5900. Love to speak to you now though. 604-280-9898. Email from Joseph. Uh, Dear Lior, how much severance should I be getting if I worked for a company for almost 20 years but three years ago I quit for a few months, then came back to work. Well, those are great questions. Uh, that, well, that is a great question. Uh, and, and oftentimes, there, we'll see legal disputes over this issue. How much service do you actually have? Are you a, a, a three-year guy or are you a 20-year guy? And that's extremely important because if you're a 20-year employee, 
obviously your entitlements are going to be significantly more than if you're an employee with only three years of service. So this is how it usually works. If, if you've worked for a company for a lengthy period of time, even if you've had an absence in between, as long as that absence is relatively short in comparison to the overall length of employment, in many cases, we can disregard that absence. So if you're a 20-year employee and you've been absent for two months, uh, even if you quit and then came back but for two months in that 20-year period, and obviously two months is a very short period of time in comparison to 20 years, the law will still consider you to be a 20-year employee. So again, I would need more information here to, to fully advise Joseph, but certainly if you've only been gone a few months in that 20-year period, there's no reason you shouldn't be considered a 20-year employee, and then your termination entitlement could be something as much as two years' pay, maybe 18, 20, 24 months' pay, whereas if you're only a three-year employee, you may be looking at four, five, six months' pay. So a lot of stuff to, to keep in mind here and to discuss, and the message, of course, for our listeners is you may actually have more service than you realize. Another reason to get some advice if you lose your job. Uh, we've got so many emails uh, for you, Lior, and we're going to get through them. This next one uh, hit sort of a personal note many years ago when I was a young upstart broadcaster. I worked for a boss. I'll, no names need to be mentioned. We'll call him Meathead for short. <laughs> but uh, Meathead came to me and asked if I would take a pay cut, to which my response was, uh, Meathead, uh, there's only one pay way it goes with me, and that's up. It never goes backward. But that brings me to Richard, who sent you an email. Dear Lior, do I have to accept a pay cut on a temporary basis? Yeah, And that is a very common question. And the scenario that you've described, uh, Manny, uh, is one that I've seen personally with, with individuals countless times. Uh, but to, to answer the, the specific question, no, you don't have to take a pay cut, even if it's temporary. Why? Well, why do you, don't you have to? Because an employer is not allowed to change your pay in a negative way. Listen, if, if it's one of those things where you're making uh, 50000 and they're reducing it to 49000 that's not going to make you happy. Completely not. But that may not be significant enough to, to make it illegal. If you're going from 50000 to 45000 absolutely it is significant enough to be illegal. And what I mean by illegal is it's considered a constructive dismissal i.e. the employee has the ability and the option to treat that as a constructive dismissal, say no, and if the employer insists on making the change in any event, reducing the pay, the employee can leave and get full severance. Now, the problem with accepting a change on a temporary basis is if you accept the pay reduction, even if it's temporary, by accepting that, by allowing that to happen, you're potentially giving the employer the right to do it again in the future. So it's not necessarily going to be a one-time thing. I've just said that an employer doesn't have a right to change your pay, but they gain that right if you let them do it one time. So that's what I'm always concerned about if, if, uh, if I'm a, talking to an individual. It's not just about, is your pay going to be affected now? Okay, maybe you can live with this one-time change, but what happens next year, next month, five years from now, when the employer says, hey, remember when you accepted that pay change back then? We now have the right to do it again, and we are going to do it again. So, no, an employer shouldn't do that, and you should not allow the employer to do it. Never set the precedent and always uh, do what I did. Uh, the pay always goes up. It never goes down. I mean, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the only way she goes. 
We've got so many more questions for you, uh, Lior. Emails are flooding in. Love to talk uh, with Lior. It's uh, no charge. You're getting some of the best legal advice when it comes to labor and employment law. You're going to find anywhere in the country. Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. You can speak to him right now, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Uh, Lior, one of the questions we often get on the show is, uh, if you are already employed, do you have to sign an employment agreement if, say, you've been on the job for a year or a month or whatever it is, and all of a sudden maybe the company is sold, the new employer comes in and says, well, we want everybody to sign an employment agreement because here are uh, our morals, our values, our causes, and the rest of it, and uh, we want you to sign that. My understanding is you don't have to if you're already employed at the company. Well, let's let's start with should you before we even talk about do you have to and the the answer is you shouldn't because there's only one reason an employer is going to come to an employee that's already employed and ask that employee to sign an employment agreement and that is because the terms of that employment agreement are going to be better for the employer the employer is not going to ask you to sign an employment agreement that provides you the employee with a better deal not going to happen ever so that's why there's going to be terms I can already tell you in that agreement that are going to be negative and unfavorable to the employees. One of the things an employment agreement, agreement like that could do is minimize or reduce your future severance. So you may sign an employment agreement that says, hey, if down the road we let you go, we'll give you a fraction of what we would otherwise pay you. So that's bad news, okay? So you shouldn't sign an agreement like that. And you, as you've just said, Manny, you don't have to sign an agreement like that. An employer can't compel you. Now, uh, an employer can say that if, if you don't sign, we're going to let you go, but that would be a without-cause termination, which means you get severance. Uh, and in some situations, it's far, far better to lose your job with full severance than to sign the agreement, and then a year later, lose your job then, but now you get less severance because that's what that new agreement says. So the bottom line is if your employer tells you, sign this new agreement, be worried, give me a call, let me review it and tell you what it actually means and whether you should be concerned about signing it. Okay, I want to take a quick call from Carlo before we go to the break. Carlo, welcome to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Yes, well, thank you for taking my call. I just have a quick question. Uh, What if the business is being shut down, say it's a professional office, and do they have to give you notice, working notice, or are you entitled to severance? So thank you, Carl. And the answer is you absolutely are. Whether it's, it's a business shutting down or it's a restructuring or what have you, you have the same entitlement. So you're owed a certain amount of, of notice or severance. What I mean by that is based on your age, position, and length of employment, you're owed, let's say, six months, eight months, 12 months, a certain amount of time. That time can, can be given to you as notice, so if eight months is the right period of time, your employer can say, Carlo, we're giving you eight months' notice that the business is shutting down and we're going to have to let you go. That's option one. Or option two is, we're letting you go today, Carlo, but we're going to have to pay you that eight-month pay. Or they could do a combination. We're going to give you five months' notice and then pay you three months. Any combination of notice or severance that results in the right amount. Unfortunately, Carlo, in many situations, employers don't provide either enough notice or enough severance. Is, is this something you're dealing with right now? 
Uh, it's just a family member. It'll be about a 20-year position, so um, they just have to provide enough working notice to equal what the severance would be. If that fine. Exactly. Exactly. So if, if let's say you know if they're a long service employee, let's say they're entitled to 20 months. Let's just use that. They can get 20 months advance notice. If they get less notice than that, the difference has to be made uh, by way of severance. Uh, if they if they uh, get less notice than that, they need to give me a call. If the employer says they're not going to pay severance, they get sufficient notice, that would be a wrongful dismissal, and they would have to give me a call. Well, that answers my question. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks. the call, uh, Carlo. And if you need any uh, more info, you can always uh, reach Lior Through the Week toll-free, 1-855-821-5900, or email help at employmenthour.com. Com. Back to wrap up the show with more of your calls and emails. You are listening to the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading labor and employment lawyers, back in a moment. Got a few minutes left on the Employment Hour on News Talk 980 CKNW. Manny Bazunas, along with Lior Samfiru, one of the nation's leading employment lawyers. You can talk to Lior right now, 604 604- Two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight or star ninety eight ninety eight on your cell. Uh, with a reminder, uh, if you're lacking anything better to do, and there's no more fun than this, believe me, severancepaycalculator.com. If you are working for da man or da woman, and uh, you think you might be terminated, or just want to know what you might be owed if you are given the pink slip. You can go on to uh, Lior's fun little game, severancepaycalculator.com, no charge for it. You answer a couple of basic questions, follow the prompts, and you will get a very accurate number as to what you are owed. Uh, Lior, my understanding is when you are on salary, you are owed overtime. But I cannot remember any time in my career where I was even offered overtime as a full salaried employee. Yeah, and that's not unusual, uh, Manny. One of the things that an employer is not going to often tell an employee is that you do get overtime even if you are on salary. Uh, you know, we always understand that if I'm an hourly uh, employee, then I'll get paid for overtime. In other words, I get paid for the hours that I work in excess of my regular uh, hours or my regular shift. But the same thing applies to an hourly employee, and a lot of people are, are shocked to hear that. So if you work more than eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, then you get overtime. You get time and a half. And, and, it, and it's simple to calculate. Whatever uh, you make in a week, whatever you earn in a week, uh, that divide that by 40. That gives you a certain hourly rate. And anything over 40, you get time and a half. It's very simple. And uh, there's some exceptions to that. For example, uh, professionals are usually exempt from overtime, you know, doctors, lawyers, accountants. Uh, managers are often exempt from overtime, but uh, in most other situations, even if you're an hourly employee, you get paid overtime. And the other thing that people often find shocking is even in situations where the overtime is not specifically approved, you still get you still have to get paid. If you had to work that that overtime hours to get the job done, okay, even if you didn't ask for permission. The employer still has to pay it. An employer can't say, well, wait a second, employee. We're not going to pay you because you didn't ask for permission. The fact that you didn't ask for permission may be something that the employer may be able to discipline you about. So our policy, employee, is that you're not allowed to work overtime unless 
you, we tell you to do it. So if you do it anyway, that may be something that the employer can discipline you, but they still have to actually pay the overtime if the overtime was worked. Salary employee, hourly employee, it's the same. Well, I guess the bottom line uh, moral of that story, Lior, is uh, you don't ask, uh, you don't get. So make sure you ask for that overtime pay and don't ask for it after the fact, uh, as I understand Lior to explain it. And we are going to have so much more next week at this hour and really want to thank all the people that joined us uh, this afternoon. And it's it's such an interesting uh, time we spend with you, Lior. I've learned so much over the last few weeks and looking forward, as always, to next week. If you want to speak with Lior during the week, toll-free, 1-855-821-5900, email address, help at employmenthour.com and for that fun calculation on what you might be owed should you be terminated severancepaycalculator.com you have been listening to the employment hour on news talk 980 cknw i'm manny bazunas along with one of the nation's leading employment lawyers leor samfiru we'll see you next time vancouver's news vancouver's talk This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.